freedom is one of the most cherished concepts in life. And indeed, for thousands of years, the world's population were not free. We lived under monarchs, sometimes tyrants, controlled by others. It's only a recent phenomenon that we have freedom. It's only a few hundred years. But the big question is, do you feel free? You can have all the freedoms around you, but internally you can feel enslaved. And really, the bigger question is, what is freedom? How do we define freedom? So please join me in this important discussion. Pre-Passover discussion. Passover is all about freedom, exodus from bondage, from slavery. It's a free country, but do you feel free? Let me extend a personal invitation to you. Some of you may be familiar with my book called Spiritual Guide to Counting the Omer. It's a 49-day step guide, 49-step guide to personal refinement, character development, based on the Kabbalistic model of the seven emotions. Seven times seven is 49. So you can check that out. There's a uh, Omer book, an Omer app, My Omer, in the app stores, free. We also have a daily email that we send out. You can freely, free, free to subscribe to that as well. But here's the invitation. This year we initiated a great idea that my office suggested 49 voices that our friends like yourselves choose a day where you share a video, less than a minute, of your experience of that particular emotional attribute. And we'd love to invite you to participate in this. So go to MeaningfulLife.com slash Omer, and you'll find a form there. Please participate, join, because as I said, all our voices are necessary. 49 voices. Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and I welcome you to a special pre-Passover discussion on freedom. It's a free country, but do you feel free? This program is dedicated by Joseph Gabriel Simon Adam Aaron in honor of his new grandnephew, Raphael. May Raphael be blessed with amazing revealed blessings throughout his life. So freedom, the very word rings with the most cherished values of life. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, free press. The ability to choose to do as you see fit at your volition, not someone else dictating and imposing their will upon you. And indeed, it's one of the greatest blessings of our time. But sometimes we take it for granted the fact is that it's only a few hundred years 
since we have institutionalized freedom. With the United States of America, the Bill of Rights declared in the Declaration of Independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and are endowed by the Creator with unalienable rights. And those rights include freedom. Prior to that, there was no country, there was no nation, there was no empire in the world where people were free to say whatever they want. There was a, an authority, a monarch, the church, other leaders who dictated. Now, sometimes we were lucky and we had a benevolent despot, but sometimes we weren't. Or for most cases, we weren't, but you weren't free to do whatever you wish. That's not the case today. And from the United States, it has spread. The Freedom House documents how many countries are free, how many are semi-free, how many are not. And you see it continues to grow and spread. And the principle we all hold dear, that no one has a right to tell someone else how to live their life, how to worship, how to pray, how to bring up their children, and so on. And yet, and yet, if you ask most people, ask yourself, do you feel free? Many will say, no, I don't feel free. We live in a polarized society, politically. The media, we sometimes feel, is not really emancipating and freeing us, but giving us their opinions, feeding the tensions. Technology, technology which was supposed to free us more than anything else has now become, for many of us, has enslaved us. Yes, it offers us opportunities unprecedented, but psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, do you feel free inside? Which is really, of course, an irony of ironies, a paradox of paradoxes. That on one hand, we have the external freedoms, which means we don't have a government dictating and telling you how to live your life. And yet, we don't necessarily feel free. Why? Why is that? So perhaps we have to go back to the very definition of freedom. And freedom, many people would think, would mean I can just do whatever I like. I'm not in prison. Nobody's controlling my movements. I can go where I want. I can do what I want. I can think what I want. I can speak what I want. But that's an external definition. The true definition of freedom, if I may submit, is this that you are free to express the true self that you are, that there's no superimposed, not just a force, a government, an army, a police, a authority, but no force also within you that blocks you from being yourself. And when we say we don't feel free, is because psychologically, emotionally, even though technically you're not in a prison, but you can be an emotional prison. If you grew up in a home, where you were criticized, where you were invalidated, where you weren't nurtured, you're not going to feel free. What will be driving you? Fear, insecurity, inhibitions, second-guessing yourself. So in that context, actually, you can be in a prison and be more free emotionally than someone else who may be not in a physical prison but is in an emotional prison. Obviously, we're looking for both. 
but just hypothetically. So this really compels us to look at ourselves. And the bigger question is not just what is freedom now, who are you? What would it take for you to express yourself? What would it take for you to sing your song, to spread your wings and eliminate all the obstacles, impediments, emotional, psychological, real, imagined, to allow yourself to really breathe, sing and dance freely. That's what we need to be asking. And indeed, Passover, the first documented institutionalized slavery, so 3,335 years ago, is the famous story of Exodus. And there we can find tremendous lessons in both what is slavery and what is freedom. And there it was not just psychological, it was actual physical slavery, where one nation enslaved another and forced them into slave labor. They could not do what they wished. They could not leave that country. They could not choose to live their lives as they saw fit. And of course, emotionally and psychologically, you can imagine it also had deep impact. It's demoralizing when you live a life like that, slavery. And yet, their spirit, their spirit lived on and was free and ultimately helped them free themselves, even from the physical bondage. What can we learn from that in our time today? And today, as I said, ironically, it's reversed. We have physical freedom, but not necessarily emotional, psychological, and spiritual freedom. And we go a step further. The freer we are on a surface level, the more trapped we can be on an internal level. Because then we take for granted. We don't have that sense of urgency to really find ourselves. Because you can do whatever you like, so there's always tomorrow, there's procrastination. There's comfort zones. So a comfort zone is a great blessing. It allows you to be free. But it does not bring out the best in you because you're not challenged. And the key thing is that we're not looking to find a challenge of an, oppressive, of an oppressor or someone afflicting us. How do we create that type of challenge without the pain of slavery? When you're enslaved and when you know that you are, so you have a drive, the spirit within the person is driving to try to free themselves. But when everything seems comfortable, you just press a button, you can get anything you want at any time, anywhere, you become apathetic. Yes, that's the side effect of comforts, of freedoms. So our challenges are very different. Today, it's not that we're looking to overturn a regime that's oppressing us, that's limiting us, because you can do whatever you wish. You can educate your children as you see fit. Today we're looking to free ourselves from the more complicated, the tentacles of fears, insecurities. And for that we need to find ourselves. And that's indeed the true story of freedom, the true story of Passover, the true story of Exodus. The psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom. And for that we need to go back to understand who are we? Who am I? If you define yourself as a mechanical being driven by physical needs, which includes food, drink, rest, sleep, 
a certain amount of love, sexuality, basically to survive and exist and even to thrive. But it's a, you're a physical being, so you can rest assured that you're subject to many limitations because the physical world imposes limitations. Limitations around health. We don't live forever. Our health issues, making an income, livelihood can sometimes be challenging. Sometimes it's easier. And we are, of course, affected by the people around us, including our parents, our educators, our social, our social structures, media, So if, you have, if you're lucky and you've had the good influences and you've been brought up around you more or less in a healthy, functional way, great. That still doesn't guarantee that you found yourself. It just means at least you don't have all the trauma that someone growing up in a dysfunctional situation. But this is all circumstantial. What can we do by choice? And what's really happening on the internal level? And that's why we need to define ourselves very differently. We are spiritual beings. The body and the physical world is a vehicle. Nothing more, nothing less. An important vehicle, a critical vehicle. Without it, without a healthy body, our souls cannot flourish. But you essentially are a soul. And what is a soul? A flame. The book of Proverbs puts it beautifully. The flame of the divine flame is the soul of a human being. We're a transcendent entity that has a natural restlessness, like a flame, flickering flame, seeking to reach something beyond the physical, beyond the material. And it's only when you feed that that you begin to really experience true freedom. If you give up on that, then you may be lucky and not have an oppressor, but you're not going to necessarily not have oppressive forces within you. Because the only thing that can counter fear and insecurity is having a connection to something that transcends that. And that's what the people in Egypt discovered, the spirit. They could not challenge the Egyptian army and Pharaoh and his people, not just by numbers, but by power and control. But their spirit could not be vanquished. Because no weapon can destroy a person's spirit, the flame within. And it was their beliefs, their values, the belief in the promise that we will get out of here, the belief that we fundamentally are not owned by you. Even if you control our bodies, you control our actions, you don't control our spirits and our beliefs and values. That's what sustained them. And that's why it says an interesting statement. The more they were oppressed, the more they thrived and flourished. How is that possible? If you're oppressed, you get demoralized, you get broken. How could you thrive and flourish? You could barely make it. But because the oppression did not affect that spirit, they were able to create that oasis. And on the contrary, the more they were oppressed, think of it like the squeezing of an olive that produces oil because you pressure it. Or it was, uh, I'm not sure who said this, but they said, they say it about women, but you could say it also about anyone. That like a, you're like a tea bag. You don't know how strong you are until you put into hot water. Because the hot water brings out the, the power. 
Now, for many of us, sometimes it goes the other way around. When there's oppression, it just brings us down. But that's because you haven't accessed that inner force. It's not just that you, you're different. We all have that spirit within us. And that's why there's an expression, when you're tied above, you don't fall below. That, if you look through history, is the thing that allows someone to prevail, to have the resilience to deal with anything that comes their way. A soul, a purpose, a mission. And that mission is more powerful than any of the challenges which are part of the twists and turns of life. Because then you navigate it because you have that higher calling. So you have to ask yourself, and that's the key to freedom, what is your personal higher calling? Yes, having a free country, a free government, and I'm not getting now into the debate whether it's totally free or not, that's another discussion. But for argument's sake, let's say freedom, where you can, as I said, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of educating yourself and others as you see fit. You have the freedom to be a believer, to be an atheist. Because these are inalienable rights endowed to us by a force that's higher than any human being. Which essentially is what they understood in Egypt, the people. That you can control our bodies, but you can't control our spirits because you don't own us. We are not your servants. We're servants only to something that is not even human, that is beyond. That's why it's not really called a servant as in servitude in a negative way. It means that we connect to something higher than what is mortal. We connect to the eternal. We connect to the divine. We connect to the infinite. So you can have a country that, well, that allows you to do as you see fit, but if you internally don't feel your calling, your soul's mission, you're not going to be free. That's not a threat. That's not a punishment. It's just an observation as a result of our own attitudes. So never delude yourself that just because you're successful materially, financially, you're healthy, God bless you, you have a good family, that that's enough. It's not enough. That's beautiful. But what you really need is that sense of purpose, sense of urgency that drives you every morning, all day, even while you're asleep, your 24-7 mission in this world. When you access that, you're a truly free person. Oliver Wendell Holmes, in that uh, devastating poem, Voice, The Voiceless, says, Alas to those that die with their song still inside them. Alas to those that die with their song still inside them. You combine that with Thoreau's statement, most men live lives of quiet desperation, and it can be quite uh, desperate, quite depressing. But let's talk about the good news. The good news is you have a song inside you. You have many songs inside you. Your soul wants to sing. It's a natural singer. It's a natural dancer. It's a natural celebrator. But it's trapped. Since we're quoting the greats, let's quote Michelangelo. When he was asked, how do you sculpt those beautiful angels in the marble? He said, I see the angels trapped in the marble and I carved and carved and set them free. That angel is you. It's within you. Trapped in marble, in concrete, in other substances. Fill in the blanks. But we have to get rid of the excess to allow that angel to be free, to allow the song to emerge. 
So the, the irony of ironies, as I mentioned, is this physical freedoms that we have can actually trap our souls because we think, oh, you know, I'm free. I can do whatever I like today. What do you want to do? Let's go online. Press a button. You don't even have to think. Put it into chat GPT. But all these machines were made to actually unburden us from physical exertion and physical work so we can then celebrate our soul's mission. But if you only have the first, the free, eliminating the physical difficulty, and you don't find that inner place, you're not going to be free. You'll become enslaved to whatever comes your way. No surprise, the level of opioid addictions and other forms of addictions, whether drug or alcohol or gambling or sex or other addictions. What is an addiction if not slavery? That something else is controlling you instead of you controlling it. So if you talk about the Hebrew word for Mitzrayim, which is Egypt, is constraints, limits, things that control you, things that confine you. So you want confinement? You don't have to be in a physical prison. You can be in a psychological one. And I can assure you that in direct proportion, discover your mission and you will be less addicted to things around you because you don't need that for a high. Remember, the soul, the spirit is seeking and is hungry and thirsty. And if it doesn't find it in a healthy place, it's going to find it in anything that will give you some relief, some escape, some moment of ecstasy, of exuberance, even if it's uh, short-term, instant gratification. Because that's what we human beings are like. We need that. The alternative is to find your soul's mission. And even asking that question, I'm not suggesting overnight you suddenly have your mission, even asking the right question, opening yourself up, and saying, what is that soul within me? That's where you find freedom. So the beautiful point in all of this is that you have it all within you. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to purchase anything. You don't need to travel anywhere. It's all right here. The angels, the music, the song, the dance, right in here in your soul, waiting to be released. And when it's not released, it creates problems. It will create anxiety, internal, internal imbalance, a lack of harmony and peace of mind and peace of heart. So it's a healthy thing to have restlessness. We don't want restlessness to go overboard into anxiety, but it's a healthy thing to seek more. And if you think about it, it's a very simple formula. It's about finding your soul's calling. So you'll say, so why is it so difficult? Because there's yet another addiction, another slavery. Habits. Old habits. Don't ever underestimate the power of the status quo. The inertia of your past. The things that you're used to doing yesterday. The routines. It's not just, oh, I don't want to do that routine. I'm going to start something new. A few years ago, there was a best-selling book the power of habit, I believe it was called. A very brilliant point was made there. Why it's so difficult to break habits. Even bad habits, biting your nails. Habits that you want to break. Let alone other habits that are perhaps not as ostensibly deplorable. 
for lack of a better word. Because the brain is brilliant. It's a brilliant machine. When you start doing something and you routinely continue doing it, brushing your teeth in the morning, the brain recognizes this has now become part of your routine and the brain says, hey, why should we spend too much resources to think about it? We'll create like an algorithm, a macro they used to call it. That when you wake up in the morning and you start your regimen, without even thinking, many times you brush your teeth, you did I brush my teeth? And you realize, yes, you did. Because the brain, in its brilliance, is saving resources. We don't need to concentrate it on it. So just turn it into an automatic habit. So the brain, the neurons, understand that's what you do in the morning. You brush your teeth, you shower, the whole, whatever that order is. And once it's etched in, it's not so easy. Once the neurons are fired, that's how they get wired. So now to break it and say, I don't want to do that anymore. The brain doesn't just hear that, and you can't just put on a switch. You have to now work hard to undo that algorithm, to undo that formula that's automatically being triggered in those routines. So brushing your teeth, that's what you want. That's, that's a healthy habit. What about the ones that are not healthy? So as much as we want to break free from whatever is enslaving us, we have to keep in mind that power. So what is the answer? The answer is persistence. Whether it's 18 times or whatever the number is, is the persistence of the new routines that you're adding. I wouldn't go to battle against an old routine. Introduce healthy routines. And the brain too will see that you keep repeating it. I always talk about the spiritual spa. Immerse yourself. If you're talking about finding your soul, here's the exercise. Immerse yourself daily in a spiritual spa. SPA is an acronym for study, prayer, action. The three pillars, cognitive, emotional, and behavioral conditioning. Every day, designate time. Turn it into a routine, a healthy habit. To use your mind, read something, study something spiritual. If you need something, go to our, go to our site. I have many of classes and programs that talk about these spiritual ideas. Anything that speaks to you. Prayer is find an emotional expression, a meditation, a song, a poem that touches you emotionally and lifts you up outside of your here and now to a more transcendent place. So the cognitive does it with the mind, the prayer does it with the heart, and the emotions, the prayer, the song, or anything in that category. And the third is behavioral, because we are people of action. Do something, an act of random act of kindness. Write a nice note to someone. Reach out, volunteer. Do this on a daily basis, and what you're doing is immersing your soul in its spa, S-P-A, study, prayer, action, and feeding it, nourishing it. It's just like a body has needs nutrients and needs rest and it needs food and it needs a, a proper diet and proper hygiene, so does your soul. And when you empower your soul, you're becoming a free person. But it requires a deliberate effort and requires persistence. Because, as I said, we have old habits. We're not neutral. If, we, if we're talking about our children, if you can teach your children from a young age every morning to declare, thank you for returning my soul to me. And I have a mission and soul, and there should be soul-oriented soul consciousness instead of body-oriented consciousness, instead of survival mode, and being reactive, but uh, being in transcendent mode, and being proactive, 
then of course then you're teaching your children healthy habits from the outset. But whoever you are and wherever you are, you can always begin. But it's going to require persistence and developing new algorithms, new macros that your mind trains itself and integrates into your routine, into your system. And then transcendence becomes part of your routine. But never allow it to remain a routine. It should never become robotic and by rote. You always want it to be refreshed with vitality, dynamic, pulsating, just like breathing, exhale, inhale, the heartbeat, contraction, expansion, the flame constantly flickering. To be a flickering soul with healthy measure of angst, but also and tension, but also a healthy measure of integration and resolution. And that's how you allow your soul to really be free. So yes, we can live in a very free world, free country, but still internally not be free. The work is to be internally free. And then you have the blessings of both. You don't have any outside forces that are imposing themselves, but you also don't have any with internal forces. The enemy within. And that allows us to truly experience healthy and continuous transcendence. And instead of apathy, which is a natural outgrowth of comfort, we take the comforts and say, okay, I've been blessed with that, now let me use my efforts to grow internally and to become the person I should have been, the person that I could be, the person I deserve to be, to sing your song and enrich everyone around you. And we all need each other because we're all indispensable musical notes in a large cosmic symphony. Everyone necessary and everyone needing the others to complement us. And have no doubt with all the progress that we've been able to achieve, this is the final frontier, spiritual freedom. So there's the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution, the computer revolution, the information revolution, and then there's the spiritual revolution, which we're entering now, and we, you and I are blessed to be here. The opportunity to help write the narrative of this unfolding drama as we pass it on to the next generation and turn this world indeed into a material world that is a divine home, a divine garden with all its blessings. Happy Passover. May you all experience meaningful and transcendent. And this is a message for all of us. It may have Jewish roots, but it's a universal message for every one of the 8 billion people and growing on this planet. Thank you. This has been Simon Jacobson of the Meaningful Life Center. MeaningfulLife.com is our uh, website. Please check it out for many resources. Please share this with others. And of course, love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your comments. And subscribe, especially on our growing, robust YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Be well and be blessed.
This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com slash donate.